Welcome back to another evening of Scotch Hour. This is episode 81. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. We are 81, right? Episode 81. 81. Okay. <laughs> Eight plus one equals nine. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So this evening, we're going we're gonna to dive into a new uh, scotch here. It is from Costco. It's a Kirkland Signature 19-year Speyside Single Malt Scotch. Apparently, it's from Alexander Murphy and Company. AMC. I'm AMC. sure it's its initials with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Got to buy some of that AMC stock, huh? That's right. <laughs> and then from there, we have our shout-outs and get-it-togethers, followed up by a restaurant review where we went to uh, Perry's uh, Pizzeria and Tap House. And then our Smarter Challenge, which is that we had to go do something to pamper ourselves, talk a little bit about where we went, why we chose it, some of the... Uh, health benefits scotch review what do we know about this kirkland here all right so here is a new adventure down the single malt scotch trail um and this is that we don't exactly know they're going kirkland costco is going uh, firmly into the night, not sharing where they're procuring their single malt scotches from. Uh, what they are letting us know is Alexander Murray & Co. AMC is the supplier, uh, the bottler, and also the distiller um, but not necessarily they themselves because they actually work with so many very well-known distinguished distilleries. So um, with that, it's a Speyside Scotch. We know that much uh, based on the bottle. Like they've put some heft in this bottle. They wanted it to look, look good. And the label does look sharp. Uh, looks very naval in ways to me. The uh, dragon almost looks like a Lannister dragon. Game of Thrones or... Is it a dragon or a lion? It's more of a lion. Okay. Um, more of that lion. And uh, also a little bit like the Lock of Ulan. Nice. Now, here's one thing I noticed, and I know I, I chose it this week, but it did not have a canister. Cheap bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the price point of this one here is about $69. It's a 19-year... Didn't have a canister, and I think this is kind of a maybe a new trend that you're kind of telling me about. You said you went to uh, uh, Total Wine and More, and you've seen uh, what was it? Is it Glenn Livet? Uh, it was Glenn Fittick. Oh, Glenn Fittick. Oh, and Glenn Livet, actually, yeah. Some of the middle range Glenn Livet and Glenn Fittick uh, varieties were bottle only. They weren't coming, uh, particularly the 15 year Glenn Fittick didn't have any of that beautiful purple tin. Yeah, so I'm wondering um, if this is a way to kind of bypass inflation because I you had mentioned earlier too, uh, was it two episodes ago maybe, yeah. um, where you mentioned that uh, these distilleries are spending about 20% of the cost um, on the uh, packaging itself. Bottling right? and packaging, yes. So um, maybe this maybe this might be a more of a trend that we're seeing going forward. Um, if it is, uh, I guess this is a good place as any to start with uh, <laughs> a bottle without a tin. Although I do really miss like pulling the bottle out of the tin and seeing the, uh, what that label or how it varies from the tin itself. And uh, just, um, it's, it's like a surprise. It's like opening up a present in my opinion. Well, there's that piece and there's the other piece, which is a lot of scotches are meant 
to you find a great one and say this is great you go back and you buy a case and then over the next 12 years maybe you have one a year you special events maybe it lasts three years and you have four bottles a year um but throughout that time you don't want the light hitting it you don't want it prematurely aging uh, because light does have that effect it has an effect on the scotch which was the purpose of the canister or the tin uh, for me what i can tell you right now giving you guys feedback if you want it you don't have to take it but I will pay an extra $4 for a great tin if it's a great scotch. I like literally if you want to have the two options with tin $4 more, I would pay it. Some of the tins I'd pay $10 more for and not even like think twice about. I agree with that. I do think, you know, the tin is an important part of the packaging and I really do like it and I think it's also kind of cool how they do change it up over time. I mean, I think right behind you you have uh, maybe two different years of a uh, talisker and you can see kind of like there is a difference from one year to the next where uh, one is just more like the gray white and blue tones and then the, uh, the next year afterwards they, they start adding in some of that red or, or the brick or clay yeah. uh, of the earth and so um, i do think uh, the tins or the boxes actually add quite a bit um to the presentation of a, of a good scotch and I, and uh, and also as you mentioned, the protection of it. Yeah, and uh, Dalmore, you mentioned one great example. Talisker is probably one of the greatest examples because there was a dynamic change in that box in one year's period. Um, Dalmore is less uh, obvious, but the stag got so much bigger and they changed its placement on the box, uh, which was only smart. Like, why, why were you messing around with the little one? Go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I also really enjoy a lot of the Arbeg's um, designs on their boxes. And Art. Stuff. It's art. It is. It's definitely art. So with this journey, we can make our own predictions. Maybe that can be part of our tasting note is, man, if we had to guess where in Speyside we thought this one might come from, throw it a throw it a little curve. Uh, we not, we're not guaranteeing it. We're not actually saying that. It's just our guesstimate. It is a nice foil, I will say. Um, the, the bottle itself is with heft. It is uh, what you would typically find a nice Bordeaux or great wine that they're intentionally putting in a, a thicker bottle to protect it, A, um, but also to give that great presentation, which is very important. I mean, let's face it, you don't want to go to a wedding uh, and invite 200 guests and not have a formal presentation. And on the bottle itself, isn't there some, is it embossed or what is it there or some kind of a... It is within the glass. There is their symbol once again. Um, I think it's just the way it is formed. You can tell that when they did the bottle, it's a two-piece bottle and then they meet the two pieces together. So when they poured it, um, that's, that's one of the things they did was make sure they got that great symbol on there. I'm trying to think of who else has done that recently. Um, I actually... Uh, I think Buchanan scotches have a, a tendency to have something like that. Um, I will say, all right, the up their game right here with the dark wood cork top. Oh, <laughs> you got the smoke and the mist coming out, a nice pop. And, you know, again, some people say this sort of thing doesn't matter, but the cork, like it's real cork, it's not pressed. Oh, having, having a real cork does matter. It, makes a it matters in wine and it matters in, in, in uh, high-end liquor, liquor or spirits. It has a nice color to it. It does. It looked a lot lighter in the bottle, I thought. 
All right. Well, cheers, my friend. Time to warp speed it. All right. Cheers. Okay, so this uh, Kirkland 19 Speyside. Um, some of the things that first come to mind to me is first, the first thing I look at here is the color. Uh, to me, I put down a dark brass. Um, I, it, You know, it's funny because like when I first purchased it and picked it up, I was like, oh, it doesn't look like it's too dark in the bottle. But the thing is, it's a clear bottle, but it actually is dark in the bottle. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> uh, but now that I see it here in, in the glass, I'm like, yeah, that was a, that was a dark brass color. And um, I was smoking crack or something to begin with. Don't uh, do that, man. I know Biden gave out the free pipes, but don't do yeah, it. Yeah, he gave out the free pipes, and I don't know. I just uh, I don't know what I was thinking that day, but uh, I do like the color. It is in that kind of wheelhouse of like the coloring that I do like. Now, as far as the nose uh, or the bouquet, um, what I'm some of the uh, hints that I'm picking up here is that I'm getting like uh, basically. Uh, sherry with some dark fruit and um there's something else there i just can't i, I haven't been really to, been able to pinpoint it yet so maybe when we hear your your uh analysis it might be what i was thinking uh is the other thing there um and and, and um i'm not really sure exactly what it is but uh, it does have a the the bouquet on it is and like this whole scotch in my opinion has a nice elegance or delicate uh, or, or it's kind of delicate and elegant um uh some characteristics there i mean because it's nothing in there really really like shoots out at me um as far as like hey i'm here and uh, yet there are some nice complexities but yet it's just not like not something that you would normally get from like maybe some of the other places that we've tasted or some of the other distilleries now on the palate, I mean, I am getting some like sherry sweetness with hints of dark chocolate and burnt orange, um, and uh, the dark chocolate and the uh, and the orange. Maybe it's not exactly burnt orange, but it, it kind of does remind me of like those, uh, like when you go to, like Mrs. like the mall, like the old mall places, and they had like the Miss Cavanaugh's where you had the like chocolate cover, like orange sticks. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like what I'm getting there, but it's more on the dark chocolate side than the milk chocolate side. So I'm saying dark chocolate there. And with the finish, I'm getting like oak with some clove and malt. Probably that's where I was kind of talking about the whoppers from earlier. Uh, but in any case, uh, this is a very light bodied. It's very elegant. Um, it's very easy to drink. Um, honestly, I don't think this is a scotch that you could dr that you could drink while you're smoking a uh, cigar because I think the cigar would overpower it. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do think it would complement is if you get like um, one of those like rich dark chocolate cakes. Um, I, I forget where maybe is it over at uh, Magiano's where they have like that good dark chocolate cake. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think that would probably complement this uh, this single malt scotch. Um, I do like it. I'd probably take it to a poker game. I think it's, 
you know, you're not going to impress anybody with the labeling. You know, I think of some people when they look at Kirkland or something like that, they're going to be like, all right, whatever. Um, but honestly, I think it's a, uh, it's a well-made scotch. Um, it has, like I said, it has, you know, nice complexity to it. It's uh, definitely elegant, easy to drink, very quaffable. Um, I found it fairly smooth and, um, yeah, I would recommend people to pick it up from you for $69. I think it's a pretty decent price. The one thing, like I said, I think the one drawback for me, though, if I'm paying the $69, I really do want that tin. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of like, uh, I, I, I do recommend it. I think it's a good, a good, a good bottle, a good drinkable bottle. And, one you can share with friends. Well, for me, right off the bat, I'm right there with you with the color. The color is a draw. It brings me right in. Um, for a minute there, I forget that the bottle doesn't have a tin. I, I really do. And I look at it, and it is that um, deep uh, amber brass color. Uh, so enticing. Again, draws me right in. Also very much so makes me think of, as we visited so many um, Highland scotches in particular with sherry cast finishes, they typically do to get some of that flavor that we're, I think we're experiencing here, char the hell out of the inside of those barrels before they age the whiskey. With that, the, the closest scotch I think we've had to this as far as col color was the McAllen Edition 6. Um, I still think I that has it beat, but this is this is probably the closest we have come in comparison to that. Um, now this, I think where that definitely has this beat, not only with price, <laughs> but um, with flavors, um, this uh, doesn't have some of that same maturity. So on the nose for me, and it's interesting because um, sherry is very sweet in many cases. Um, it has a hint right off the bat on my nose of sherry. Um, so it smells sweet, but not that necessarily creamy vanilla sweetness um, that we've experienced with some of these. But it's still got that um, sherry. And it almost literally it's almost like I can smell the sherry um cask uh you know ex sherry cask burnt and then this aged in it um and i can I get a little bit of that oak as well right on the nose which is nice it's pleasant so it's sweet and it's also a little dry um a, a good nose uh a very if it was a cologne most people could wear it now you get to the palate and again this is where it's kind of interesting because it's sweet it's creamy but it's not custardy. And I was looking back at through the notes, and one of the things that struck me is I see a lot of resemblances in this that we had with the Macallan 12 double cask. Um, so you get some of those um, almost like a, to your point, burnt uh, orange, uh, almost like a burnt caramel in there. Yeah, I was going to think. Hint of butterscotch. So remember when I said I didn't know that there was a missing piece? I think it might have been that that caramel or the burnt butterscotch. Yeah, so I think I think that's what it is. That's hiding in there. And I think the reason it's hard to pick out is because the citrus is also, like the, the flavors have melded. Uh, they've been brought together. And I think it's a little bit of orange and a little bit of lemon. And it's kind of like when you get that lemoned iced tea, um, that lemon can bring out a ton of that tea flavor. Um, and I think that's some of what's going on here um, is, is that it, it, it works in some ways, but I don't know if it's like the ultimate win. Um, the finish for sure, um, I get again, 
that lemon orange, um, citrusy hint, followed by... This is where it gets interesting again. A medium flavor of clove, nutmeg, and again, a hint of ginger. It's got so much that's thrown in there. Um, It's just a hint, though. And uh, then it is, to me, a medium-long finish. Um, It dries, interestingly enough, um, and then the oak represents itself but it's not necessarily that um wonderful obin seaside oak it's more of this aged oak that's been soaked (laughs) and it's not bad but it's not like young and fruitful it's like it's been sitting around a while which a 19 year old scotch would absolutely should absolutely (laughs) resemble now a couple things i like to remember about this is i remember seeing an interview with the gentleman um the i I call him the king of the house of dalmore have you ever seen the guy he's always wearing a dude his pocket square he's, yeah yeah dude the guy just cracks me up i'm like i want your life dude you're just always out there and he's got his little glass it's always the same little glass he's holding it just so perfectly <laughs> i'm like you're something out of a movie dude great character i love it don't stop this is all props positive ones um but it reminds me of something he said and that was age at the end of the day means almost nothing to a good scotch and um when I think of that, I think, oh yeah, this is this is perfect for Costco shoppers. It really is because the Costco shopper is looking for value, um, and the immediate thing, if you're not a, a true Scotch connoisseur, 19 years for 70 bucks seems like a great deal. I'll tell you what's a better deal: a Macallan 12 double cask for 54 or 59 bucks. The 12 years is more robust, um, more easily deciphered by a palate. And to me, that's the one out of these two. Um, even if this is aged for an extra seven years, I'll take the seven-year younger scotch, which ultimately has more flavor. And it could be that this scotch has just matured so long in those casks that it brought out a little too much and it's like nothing else. You start out with two pieces of a polymer um, and you put them together and at first they're both liquid and then once they start to chemically bind uh the smells become one you had two smells now they become one um shouldn't be eating it by the way we're basically talking about like two-part epoxies um but once you mix them together it's one smell it's all together and it and you wouldn't be tasting or smelling the two different parts and um with that um, i think mccallan the mccallan have been out there and they have literally said yeah our, our rare cask isn't necessarily aged super old but it's great because it's the rare cask um and it's all about getting it right when it's ready not letting some Something age too much um but i think what they did here was brilliant marketing for a costco shopper it, it like uh, you know at the front this seems like it is unbeatable um and and it really is a good scotch i think it's a good value uh, i mean you're getting a decent scotch it's not it's not one that it, you know as you're talking about like if you're not like a, a big scotch drinker you won't be turned off by it. And I think if you are a uh, big time Scott drinker, you won't really necessarily frown about it. It won't be like your favorite bottle of scotch, but you'll find it to be very drinkable, especially at that price range. Yeah. So for me, you know, like the winds, I color like well-rounded ultimately at the end of the day. Um, it does remind me a little bit of, 
the Dalmore 12 as well. Um, there are pieces, particularly because the Dalmore is the master of the Sherry cask finish, and they've done a nice job here with this one. They really have, um, but it's not the finish. It's the front. It's almost backwards compared <laughs> to with Dalmore, because Dalmore makes sure you get that at the end. Um, with this, though, um, would I take it to a poker night? Absolutely. Uh, would I take it to just a fun gathering? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Again, it's about 20 price, uh, twenty bucks more expensive than I think I would take to a bunch of guys if uh, we're just playing cards or any number of things, especially if we're talking about presentation. The uh, two little things that I say I love most about this, I do love the fact that they went with a dark wood cork topper. That's a win, like way to set yourself apart. It's a little piece, but that is also something where a Scotch connoisseur will get to that point and kind of forget that it didn't come in a canister. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, and and then the other one is the color. Those are the two biggest wins. I do. Uh, the third would be the bottle. They did a great job with the bottle. Uh, it actually reminds me of the Ferrari Carano Tresor uh, wine um, with heft and the thick glass as well as the work of the glass. The two things that I wish they would have done differently. Um, one, the canister or box put it in something presentable, um, especially if this is something that you're saying is value and you're going to give it for Christmas. Uh, that way I can actually put it in a box or you know what, guys and gals, you were trying to save three bucks, five bucks by not paying for that fancy box that spelled the name uh, to throw some wrapping paper around or just throw in a stocking. Now you're going to have to go spend those three bucks or those five bucks on a gift bag. Like you're paying it either way. <laughs> Um, from a gift perspective <laughs> like it's going uh it's just a matter of uh, costco does some things very well and they didn't do this from a pricing standpoint they did it from a profit standpoint the only other thing um, for me is just this littlest hint um i love the foil top the blue and white majestic navel um but then they went right down here with the same two colors except they're kind of not the same two colors it's more of a cream as opposed to the bright white i wish they would have matched the two for me that would have been the other uh coup de gras um, little piece especially since it's not in a box if they had matched those well in the 19 there i think with like i know with kirkland signature like their logo is kind of like that black box with the white and the, I think usually the red in signature. I think here they could have like gone with the uh, that na that navel blue and kind of like just left the signature in Kirkland and white just to kind of keep that same color coding going. And really the 19, I know they they did that kind of like a was it like a foil type of like a gold foil. I'm not really sure that really goes well. I think if you're trying to use that kind of gold foil that they're using there to kind of have the uh the color of the of the scotch kind of like match that and okay but i do agree with you like the color coding could have been slightly bit better those are the only two things that really um any given day i would choose the mccallan 12 pay a little bit less and, and the funny part <laughs> the funny part is like if like at least at, our, at the costco or where that's by our place here is uh on the shelving like literally like almost like the next next part over is the McAllen 12 double cast. <laughs> and, and it is like, I think almost like 10 or $20 less than this one. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, like obviously if I was, if I was going to buy one for myself, I probably would go with the McAllen 12 myself as, as well. Um, but like, it's, it's not really a knock to the Kirkland 19 space side. I think mm. it's a really, I, I do. I think it's a good bottle and I think it's worth the money. There's just certain things like 
I have slighter, slightly bit more preferences. And really, it's I know it sounds stupid and silly, maybe to some people, but that box makes a difference. It I'd does. rather pay I'd rather pay less money. <laughs> <laughs> go to the Kelly 12 and be able to pull it out of the box because to me that's kind of like part of it that's yeah like, especially if you're bringing it anywhere or you're not finishing it that night you're putting it back in the box you're taking care of it um I, yeah it, it's, it's probably part, a, it's, it's also a gen z thing i imagine it, it's definitely part of the ritual of it you know you're pulling it out you're like yes <laughs> uh that's, that's just me though uh so yeah that's all i really have to say i think it's a good bottle i think it's one that you can share with people and um i have one more tasting note and maybe it's just me maybe i'm going crazy do you get the slightest hint of some sort of mint either peppermint or spearmint like i i feel like my mouth is clean <laughs> it is clean i never really thought about it but. like i feel like i just brushed my teeth um after i take a sip of this scotch that's kind of a win for someone who doesn't really like that um musky malty flavor in a scotch <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's just weird to me because this whole time I'm like, I know I didn't just brush my teeth. I went out of my way. I drank a Gatorade and then I drank a water so I could clear my palate. And I'm like, I feel like I just brushed my teeth. The only things I could think of that would be creating that would be either a peppermint or a spearmint. Well, I think at this <laughs> point, I, I don't really want to say yes or no to because you know how sometimes like the power of suggestion, now that you say like mints or spearmint. Now it's almost like maybe I do get that, and I don't like. I would want to like probably start from scratch uh, maybe tomorrow or the next day and retry it and see if I pick it up. Yeah, I'm saying in particular peppermint, <laughs> like <laughs> like that when you've been chewing on that piece of gum so long it really has no flavor left. That little teeny bit of peppermint that's what I'm tasting is <laughs> one of the 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 points in the scotch is interesting. It's quite possibly that it's in there. Um, like I said, for me, it was a little bit difficult for me to even pick up that um, uh, that caramel, and uh, and I thought that was good that you picked it up because, like, as you were talking, um, I was about to mention that, and I didn't want to interrupt you, and I was going to mention that, and then you said, it, "I'm like, yep, that's what it was," because <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes like as uh, as the uh, as we have the scotches in our glasses, and the more time it has to aerate and stuff like that. A lot of the, so, you know, more and more flavors tend to start to come out. And uh, as you're doing yours, um, and I was taking a sip, I'm like, that's what it was. It's caramel. And then all of a sudden you, you said it, and I'm like, yep, bingo. And that's why I had to jump in there. So I apologize. You're good. No worries. It's time for our shout outs. My shout outs go to all the investors who are in it for the long game. Um, and not taking risks on potentially huge wins. If you just want to do that, just go out and buy a bunch of lotto tickets with your money. <laughs> your your long term impact may be the same. You may eventually win that Powerball and have invested in all of the great stocks. But um, I saw recently Robinhood reported that the majority of their users are now purchasing stocks based on uh, the company itself. So whether it's a product they sell or a service they provide, they're investing in something they believe in, not just the next AMC. I'm not saying AMC has done poorly, by the way. They've done well, um, or the next Bed Bath & Beyond for the people crying about that, or the next, the next, the next um, meme stocks, or however you want to phrase it. Um, just. Uh, 
I, I, I give you a shout out because it's hard because we all want to win the next day. We all want to make this game, this retirement come quicker, that, that fight shorter. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not always, that's not always the game to play, especially if you're looking out for others. The others could be kids, they could be parents. So with any of that, again, uh, shout out goes to those guys. Sometimes the benefits have diamond hands. And when, uh, you know, when, when the, the market starts to become volatile, um, having diamond hands does become uh, does become a, a good thing to have. And then uh, there's that one investor that you talked about. Something Pena is his last name. Uh, he mentions like when the uh, stocks. I think it was him. It, it's either him or a Rothschild. I forget which one it was. Um, but they're mentioning like you know when the market starts crashing and there's blood in the streets, even if it's your blood, keep buying because that's when everything is on sale. Because you know you'll notice like. Uh, when the market's crashing and everyone's like hurting, if you're still investing and you're buying, you're actually gaining. Um, you're gaining in your in your stock, so that way when it does turn around, but you also have to be wise, right? You can't be like buying something foolish when the, when the markets are down. Absolutely, so. I'm going to give you one more flavor to look for in the scotch tomorrow. Okay, um, I mentioned a mix of orange and lemon. I think it's actually more precise than that. I think it's grapefruit. Okay. Grapefruit and mint. All right. So my shout out goes to, and I'm going to just preface, preface this as like, we are now starting to leave the summer months and start going into the fall months, which means we are now heading into Halloween season. And, um, I do normally I will watch, like I'll try to watch either a, a horror movie every night or a horror TV show. Uh, one or the other, depending on how much time I have during the month of October. And recently, I've seen three horror movies uh, in the theaters. The first one was The Invitation, which we talked about last week, and that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick, too. Was total um, but <laughs> the next two horror films I saw were The Barbarian and Pearl. And really, these both of these movies are kind of twisted, but they are I think they're great and they were definitely a fun ride. If you like to watch horror movies and really the thing with Pearl it is so weird and awkward uh, because it's like trying to take place. Like I believe like in the, maybe in the 50 or actually maybe no 1918 things like 1918, 1919, something like that. Um, and it's just really, really weird. And uh, it does kind of move kind of slow and some of the things that you expect that would happen doesn't happen, but the ending is so twisted. It's kind of like, yeah, that's, it was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's uh, what she said. <laughs> and uh, Barbarian, that movie is like, it has a pretty, like, it's kind of a similar story that you've probably seen before, but it has a, you know, it has like that nice new modern twist to it where they're dealing with um, Airbnb. And some mess up stuff that happens in an Airbnb place that you rent, and uh, it's pretty. It's it's also kind of a fun ride, in my opinion. So I just want to give a shout out to those two, uh, to those creators, and all those people involved in those two horror movies that have come out slightly bit before the uh, Halloween season. Uh, get it togethers. Um, I mean, this one continues to go to Biden. And his administration for suggesting that our military, our armed forces, 
in order to make ends meet, use snap or food stamps with different names for it uh but snap or food stamp to make ends meet when he's given billions of dollars away to another country it just kills me every time i think about it every time i think about that these people are often people who put their lives on the line if they need to uh, it can be the national guard trying to save people from a flood they do occasionally die themselves trying to save others um and it it it, it truly disgusts me that it's gotten there yeah, so he basically told the military like they need to use food stamps. Yeah, that if they want to supplement their income so that they can make ends meet and feed their families to use SNAP was it was the administration. It wasn't particularly him, but ultimately you're in charge of your administration. That's disgusting. It is. It's just uh I I don't I can't even fathom it. It's uh when he was given that graduation speech at the Navy Naval Academy and he called everyone their sons of bitches. And I was just like, because they didn't like his comment and he called them stupid sons of bitches actually. And it's just like, you are so wrong for a group of people. We're trying to make our best um, to feel like they're the best. Cause they're the ones providing us protection and then you're going to treat them like that that's like telling a, a dog that just took a bullet you're an idiot <laughs> go die get away from me you're bleeding on my carpet go outside yeah so my get it together has to go to the city of denver <laughs> so i read in the in an article in uh epoch times uh today that uh i think it was today it might have been yesterday um, that it had to be today, pretty sure. <laughs> um, that Denver is uh, one of the very few cities here that is now going to start giving one thousand dollars to the homeless. And as I read this, I was just like getting so upset because I'm like, do these people not understand the basics of economics? Um, even if you don't understand the basics of economics. You can definitely understand how this uh, affects people uh, through psychology. When you uh, make someone dependent upon you, uh, they will um, no longer be able to do those things on their own. They'll start uh, becoming dependent and uh, and basically asking for the handout. And I'm not, and I'm not sure if they're doing this on purpose because they want American society to fail or... Or what? I know they try to spin it off as they're trying to help people, but honestly, I think this is is bad for not only them, but it's also going to be bad for the economy. And there's plenty of studies out there that show that those who improve their skill set while they're like on unemployment are the ones who find more success than those who just continue to stay on the wayside and taking the handout. All right, well, this evening we ventured to Perry's Pizza in Highlands Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Perry's Pizzeria and Tap House. Um, I think it's, uh, the inside's okay. It has like a lot of brick and uh, on the walls and uh, has a nice patio out front. So I think during the summertime or, you know, in the fall or spring, it's a probably a nice place to sit outside in the patio. A lot of TVs there, so you can watch sports. Um, they do have like sports deals uh, or deals going on when uh, the NFL is playing and stuff like that. 
Uh, would I take a date there? Uh, I'm going to jump right here into this part here. Would I take a date there? Not a uh, first date. Maybe if I was dating someone for a while, sure. If it's on the way, and maybe you grab an appetizer, possibly. Um, would I meet some buddies there to watch a game or hang out? Sure. And chit-chat, I would do that. I do. I did like the patio area, so I think the patio area is a plus. Uh, the wait staff was pretty decent. I got to give a shout out to our waitress. I don't know what her name was, but she had a broken foot or something, and she was still rocking it like a champ. And as far as the food, well, I went with the Lexington Avenue chicken salad with uh, buffalo uh, buffalo style. So they basically put uh, buffalo like buffalo sauce on my chicken, and it actually tasted pretty good. The one thing I I I have a hard time eating um, salads because I don't like iceberg lettuce too much, as we talked about the one time. And I think that's where their fail was with this salad is they, that they used iceberg lettuce. So it's just kind of like getting like a large dinner salad with them putting chicken on there. <laughs> and I think that was a little bit of a fail. But the flavors itself with the, uh, with the uh, buffalo and the ranch and like the – and that – that all kind of mixed together. I think it kind of made it taste a little bit better. Um, the Parmesan fries, which I think you got an order yourself uh, for yourself earlier, and then I got my an order for myself second, uh, like later on. Um, I thought it was. I thought those were okay. Nothing special. They're tasty. They're very messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Parmesan. That was real Parmesan chunks. It didn't just. Yeah. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Um, overall, I think guys. Uh, like the place isn't nothing is nothing special. Um, I just think I found it really to be like just average. Um, I'd probably give it like maybe like a six point five or a seven. It, it just didn't really like nothing about the place really was like, oh, this is awesome, uh, or like this is terrible. It just kind of seemed mediocre. Like you can go to any city and find any kind of average restaurant to be basically the same. Um, so yeah, I, that's the reason why I give about a 6.5 to a 7. Well, from Perry's Pizza and Tap House, I had a slightly different experience. Coming up, um, the outside looks pretty cool, right? When you're walking up to the front door, they've got a little circle drive right in front. They're right next to a couple other restaurants, including another pizza, Jet's Pizza, and then Cuba Cuba. Um, and... Uh, when I saw the outside, I'm like, this is going to be fun. And then I walked inside. I'm like, what is this brick shit house? <laughs> I'm like, I, like, I understand wanting privacy, but like, it didn't look comfy. It didn't look cozy. It looks like they wanted people to get in and out, which is absolutely a study uh, about uh, things that play into roles, including ergonomics. Like, do you want people to stay? Um, there's a lot of people who get paid statistic for statistics on, yes, your average guest will stay this long if you make it this comfortable and you satiate them to this level so there were some interesting pieces there uh for me man my beer i had the disco wolf ipa that beer was that beer slapped it was delicious it was great really truly enjoyed it for me the parmesan fries are what i started with didn't finish with them and they were 
they were very good. Um, they weren't outstanding. I'll still take some great truffle oil fries over the many day, but they were very good. Um, then when I then I went and I think this was my win for the night was the Bronx Baller uh, meatball sandwich with melted mozzarella on top, and then the bread wasn't too hard. Sometimes they make you a, a mozzarella and a meatball sandwich, and they toast the bread or something, and they make it so hard that it feels like it's going to cut your gums while you're biting into it. This did not. This was perfect. And part of the reason that you want it not soggy, but soft is so that it catches the meatballs, um, that it holds the sauce and the cheese and they don't all fall out. That sandwich was amazing. Um, it was a lot of food. Um, greatly enjoyed it. I agree with you though. I had a side salad. That's how I wrapped up my dinner and the side salad uh, did kind of leave me wanting. The server, um, she was the win at the end of the day besides my disco wolf beer. Um, that was that was great. But at the end of the day, if I'm not going for the disco wolf beer or that sandwich, I don't know what I'd ever go back for. Um, nothing else really jumped out at me and said, hey, this is it. Let's. This is why you come to this place um, besides maybe the service. Uh, so food for me was a seven. The atmosphere for me was a five. Um, and part of that was because it's a beautiful evening in the fall, right? And... It's not too hot, the sun's still out, and you sit on the patio, and then you got that little running around crying kids and the people with their dogs pulling the chairs all over the place, jumping on the wait staff. I'm not okay with this. I was just like, and I won't come back. That's literally the reason I would not go back. So would I bring a date there? Um, if she loved dogs, then I probably wouldn't be dating her. So no, she's not going to love dogs. Um, we're not going to go there. Not, that doesn't mean I don't like dogs. I just don't want your dog jumping all over me. I don't want to go to the store and have your dog licking my shoes and my ankle that's disgusting and people were okay with dogs doing that i am not so please stop that just think about my kid licking your ankle uh yeah you're calling the police <laughs> but um, other than that uh would i bring a date there no probably not uh would i just meet a friend in passing if that was a convenient location yeah it wasn't bad from that standpoint um, and the service was great like kudos to them for keeping up a positive attitude i just didn't like the environment it wasn't super welcoming and then you know a couple of things like the little man i don't know what to call him other other than like grown-up boy who came in the patio and opened the gate and then just left it swinging open i was i was like really those are your manners and you're meeting your parents and then your girlfriend follows you five minutes later like this is the type of precedent you're trying to set for our future now not okay so for me my overall score right there with you 6.5 the tragedy is the service was easily an eight um our server really was great and what noah said was completely true she had one of those boots that went from her toes all the way up to her knee and she was plowing through it so awesome job thank you for like giving me a little bit of that hope that people still understand yeah you still got to pay the bills it's not just about staying at home and uh collecting some sort of payment This week, we were supposed to go do something to pamper ourselves and, um, I guess, share where we went, what we got, what we had done, and uh, maybe some health benefits to it. And uh, we'll go ahead and start with you. All right. Well, for me, it wasn't about so much the body benefit as the mind. <laughs> 
So uh, what I did was I took my day off and I did start and I renewed my membership at the Denver Art Museum because that's something that normally really frees me. I go in there, I get excited, I see a few Monets, a few Rembrandts, um, I, I visit a few sites and then there's so many little restaurants around. Um, so first, the first piece was renewing, well actually the first piece was putting on a Robert Graham shirt, the wizard here, had to wear the wizard to go to the art museum, got compliments on there on it. So that was also, it's just fun. It's like, I don't take those as flirts or anything else. I know some people find those totally offensive. No, that's okay. If you see something that's great, let people know. Um, and uh, that just before that though, I ventured over and I had been there once before for a breakfast, a quick in and out, um, but I ventured over to Pints Pub and I had a few beers. So so the beers I had, had to write these down because uh, not beers you see probably anywhere else. You got the phone box red ale and the Airedale pale ale. Airedale pale ale is all right. Nothing great. But that red box red ale was fantastic. Um, so in the midst of this, ordered the cheese and cracker. I think it was 10 bucks. Didn't know it was going to come out a thin crust, basically salt water cracker, the size of a 24 inch pizza, completely covered with shaved Havarti cheese with little bits of dill and slices of green apple. It was delicious, but it was so much I couldn't finish it. And that was even though I took two beers. And then uh, the real remarkable about place, thing about this place, and I hope that financially they're doing well. I know COVID really had an impact, uh, but is that they have over 100 scotches single malt scotches and i just because i knew it was my favorite i went with the lagavulin 16 they bring it out in this wonderful little presentation with the glass and another with a silver a sterling silver nah, stainless steel straw to put in little bits of water to get the scotch to right where you want it uh, one of the things we've learned from previous experiences uh, a gift for noah for his birthday from his mom at stranahan's was a little bit of water brings out the nose brings out the flavor has an actual chemical reaction with the scotch to make it better it was a fun experience um the art museum was great. Super excited about an upcoming exhibit there. It's called Saints, Sinners, Lovers, and Fools. And that one looks like a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, for me, you know, part of the mental thing was just, okay, my experience in different pieces of life. I haven't been to Red Lobster or seen the movie Easy A in years. But that's kind of how I finished out my night was. In Easy A, there's a scene in a Red Lobster. So I had to watch the movie, relax, because I love that movie, that family in that movie. If all families could be that way, probably life would be a lot better for most people. Um, and then Red Lobster was was fun. Um, I had the Seafarer's Feast. So you had your broiled lobster tail. And then I had these two skewers of jumbo sea scallops, uh, the garlic shrimp, the garlic uh, and butter shrimp, and then their uh, Walt's favorite shrimp. So bride slice filleted uh, shrimp uh, battered and fried, all of it delicious, all of it stuffing. The salad, the side salad I had, because you get two sides, I chose fries, which were okay. I didn't finish them. I couldn't finish them. Um, but the side salad with the blue cheese, the opposite of tonight's salad. Um, tonight, I, as I finished my meal, I ate the salad and I, I didn't want, I ate half of it and I put the rest away. It just felt limp. It felt like it had been in a 
refrigerator for a day um, this salad was the opposite fresh crisp lettuce blue cheese everything had the full flavors expected it was actually a very simple salad but it satiated it was great um, and I, then again finishing that movie uh, that night with watching easy a was just perfect for me uh, because it was just like okay I got to go live that little piece of like remembering what it was like to go to red lobster I don't think I'd been to a red lobster in over a decade um, and I'm not saying I'm racing right back. The prices were great. The service was great. Um, but man, it's not cheap either for, I'd, I would at the end of the day in, on an average occasion, if I wasn't relating my experience to a movie, go get a steak. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, and I don't do this every night either. Don't do this too terribly often, but came home, finished the evening with a uh, wonderful Caesar cigar and a little dram of scotch. And it was just like my pamper me day for my mental, my own mental health. I've been trying to do that more on days off and uh, really just enjoy that. At one point, I did want to go get a massage and I love the Hand in Stone place that's right there by Cherry Creek. Um, I think it's at third and Columbine. Uh, they were booked. And uh, like when I looked around, I'm like, so I'm not getting a massage this week. I didn't realize masseurs were in such high demand um, with everything going on. And a lot of people are taking care of themselves better, including massages. So my day ended up being an investment into my own future because I really do find it interesting to go to the Denver Art Museum I had a favorite piece of art, uh, but I, I love to go to the Denver Art Museum, uh, notate one favorite piece of art, and then really think about what that means to me. And this particular piece of art is by Julie Buffalohead. <laughs> She is an American Indian artist. I didn't know any of this till after I came home and I like read up on it. Um, the painting was done in 2018. It is a very large painting. It's like 80 inches by 50 inches. Um, and it is called Blood and a Single Tree. And the only tree is outside the window that the bird is looking at. <laughs> Say, say that so we can put it on there. I, I will, okay. I will. But it impacted me, and I'm like, what does this mean? It absolutely is perfect uh, because she's... Uh, the artist, Julie Buffalo Head, um, is very much so into... Uh, examples uh trying to give uh, metaphors and other things about how society has impacted the american indians and i have recently heard that american indians are actually starting to push back and because they have so many rights they're starting to try to go around and buy land around their land and increase their own net worth so to speak value because then they have those rights for casinos and gambling and not paying other taxes and not doing all these other things um, and they're trying to buy more valuable land and i hope to goodness they're doing that and they're being successful because uh, that's just fun but i saw that and i was just like i would actually love to have that on my wall that is something where i think that's any of us have had a rough week at work um that's what we come home and we relate to <laughs> Um, but I do look forward to going back. No, I'd love actually to go see Saints, Sinners, Lovers, and Fools when it comes out. Um, starts on October 16th. Um, and fortunately, we're members because usually members get the first chance to buy the new uh, tickets when they're first coming out. So we'll look at a date to go see that and then go to Pines Pub, maybe review that officially on the show, um, get some other views. And um, But yeah, that's one of the things for me is I, I go in there and I look at the art and I'm like, okay. How does this really make me feel? I will tell you the one thing that I did not like 
um, was the change in art that I thought was just there for kind of a woke purpose, um, did not have any significance. It was the opposite of this Native American art, which was only four years old, by the way, uh, that I felt like should be represented there. The artist was born, I believe, uh, Julie was born in 1972. So she's right about our age. And with that, I, maybe that's another reason I can relate, but it was really impressive. Um, and then some of the other things I saw, I was just like, why? This, that's not art to me. Like, who is that art to help me understand? Um, but um, I understand there's a political agenda at times and that, that must be met, especially since it is in Denver. And Denver, as much as I love it, they're doing some weird things right now. So <laughs> we'll see where all that goes. Uh, but long term, I love going to museums. The Denver Art Museum is just one of the many examples and really looking at that art and then getting this new perspective. One of the things I want to do, uh, Julie, I, I want to thank you for this, is I want to paint a massive ass piece of art like that and put it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know art museum and, and i think it's interesting because like obviously like you mentioned like how you originally were going to do a massage and then you couldn't find a place open that you wanted to go to and you know like um pampering yourself it can take many forms and like definitely like doing something mentally like that is awesome because art museums are incredible like one i know one museum one art museum that we both have in common that we visited is the philadelphia art museum and that place is just incredible with so much like uh history involved there some great pieces from um salvador dolly which is one of my favorite artists i think there is there is definitely an area there with monet uh which i think is one of your favorites right absolutely and uh and then you had the whole like the area with the medieval like uh, suits of armor and uh, like the armory area, you know, like you know, had swords and stuff like that. And you know, going through and seeing a great piece of art, it does um, it, it does challenge you to think about stuff and to and it does stir up emotions. And so that's uh, that's something that's really great. And one of my favorite museums I've been to. Uh, or I guess two different museums, one, both of them being in Amsterdam. Um, I saw the, uh, the, the night's watchman by Rembrandt. And I honestly thought it was going to be like a little tiny picture, but that thing is huge. And it's so impressive. (laughs) I was like, I mean, like in that art museum, like there's like tons of oil paintings all over in that art museum. And to see the Rembrandt is like, that is like way super impressive. And then like, right, right. Almost like right next door to there, they had like a, uh, um, modern art surrealist uh, museum or display going on, and that place was really cool with a bunch of messed up things in there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, art does. I mean, art does have a way to inspire people to uh, move them emotionally, um, get them to think, and uh, it is a way to pamper yourself uh, intellectually. Yeah, and I love that you brought up the Philly Art Museum because I think one of the things I that resounds with me more about that museum than any other one I've been to. I'm sure there are those that definitely do, but uh, with all of the different areas and how they had it set up, it was absolutely a walk through history. And you mentioned the medieval armor and, and um, all of it though. Like they had that for not just England or Europe from a certain period of time, but they had that for Asia for a certain yeah, period of time. Yeah, that little Japanese village yeah. there, yeah. And they they had all these different pieces, and it was to me it was a, a much more 
immersed experience. I think that's one of the things that even Denver Art Museum is trying to say that they're doing is they're immersing you in this experience. Um, so what I experienced this last time was far less immersed than I've experienced in the past. So I hope they, they go back. Um, but maybe they're catering to a different type or a different generation or a different feeling. Uh, but yes, the Philly 100% agree. I felt fully immersed in there. And the same was the, in true in Chicago. When I went to that one, it was no different. And I'll never forget the painting of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and some of these uh, wonderful pieces of art. Again, you look at them, you see them in an art book in college and you expect them to be, eh, it might be, you know, and then all of a sudden you see it's taken up this full massive wall. It's like, how did the artist do that? Well, clearly with a ladder and help. <laughs> <Right. and laughs> so like you originally, I wanted to go do something differently to pamper myself. I wanted to go get a facial and I couldn't find a place I would like would work with my time frames either. Uh, they seemed pretty well booked up, or the hours that they had open were in the middle of my work day, and I couldn't do that. So, what I wanted to go do then is to go do uh, a, a deprivation tank or a, you know a, a float. I go to a float pod, and so I, I uh, booked a time frame at NG Floats. It's I N N G I floats in Highlands uh, Highlands Ranch. And it's actually just like probably three or four doors down from where we had dinner at today. Um, and honestly, I thought I was actually going to be to do a float um, where floats are basically in these pods. Um, when you go into a, like a float pod, it's Epsom salt and water and the water is at the same temperature as your body. And so when you go into the pod, you're floating and you're not supposed to be able to tell the difference between the temperature of the air, your body or the water. And you float there, and it's uh, basically the, Eps the Epsom salt uh, helps with uh, detoxing the body, um, relaxing the muscles, helps uh, replenish the magnesium. Most people are, have deficiency in magnesium in their bodies. And it helps with uh, meditation and stuff like that. And that's what I thought I was going to do. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> Uh oh! Now let's just like I I want to throw out there real quick. That sounds badass because of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> but what I ended up doing, uh, and I think there, this is what kind of tossed me off because I thought because it says it said floats and I wasn't really paying attention, so I'm like saw something that said CBD. I'm like, all right, well CBD is supposed to be good for you. I never thought a, a pod would have CBD uh, oil or CBD whatever with uh, with all that stuff because they have to go through a filtration system every time someone floats to clean up the water. And uh, so basically, I'm like, okay, I'll try that, you know. And uh, so <laughs> what I ended up doing is what's called a soak in sauna. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. You go into your own room, the soak in sauna. They have a tub in there. And um, they, uh, they put... Uh, and the particular one that I got, I mean, they have different ones. They have, um, the one I got was rose petals, pink Himalayan salt and CBD. They also have a beer one. Um, and they have a dead sea with lavender and then a, de a dead sea with uh, eucalyptus, but it's almost kind of same principle as the flow tanks, but you just like, you have a tub right there and you just kind of soak in the tub and you have like an individual infrared sauna. So you can go and, and move between the two. So you can soak for a little bit, go to the sauna, get the infrared sauna. That kind of is supposed to be good for your health as well because um, uh, that heat's supposed to penetrate deep into your cells because of the infrared. And so you can go back and forth. And then they also give you uh, coconut water or just regular water for you to keep yourself hydrated throughout the whole process. And uh, 
Yeah, I thought it was really kind of uh, interesting doing the soak, but here's the thing. <laughs> if I'm going to do a soak, I guess, I would just probably do like a bath bomb or something like that in my house and like save like a few 50, you know, maybe like $50, hundred bucks. Yeah. Cause it costs like $109. But the, the odd side, the, the, here, the upside to this though, is that if you're doing that inside your house, you're not getting the uh, infrared sauna to go along with it. And I think there's a, there's an added benefit of being able to go back and forth between the sauna and the soak. And they also have another one with the sauna and the soak, which actually I think probably would have been better is where they have the infrared sauna with the uh, um, with the cold what they call is a cold plunge, and you know like a lot of athletes do that for their muscles for um, uh, for them to uh, recover as you go from heat to cold, heat to cold, and uh, I think that would probably would have been a better option to go with if I was going to pay that amount of money, which is one hundred nine dollars for that, and the float. What I really wanted to do was sixty nine bucks. What? <laughs> They're like, here's $6 worth of salt and some water. See you in an hour. <laughs> but um, honestly, it was a good experience. It was nice and relaxing. After you're done with either, and, and this this works for both the uh, the soak and sauna, as well as it does with the pods. But they do have these massage, like those like, no, like those like $8,000, $10,000 massage chairs that you get in where they like massages your feet and your hands and all that. So after you get done, you get like a, somewhere, I'm not sure if it's 15 or 20 minutes, but you get you get the massage chair for like 15, 20 minutes after you're done with that whole process. And you just come out of there really relaxed and refreshed. And uh, it's it was really good. And, and uh, overall, the experience was great. And they also have something new, the, something else there with these uh, with the massage chairs. It's called like a escape or something like that is what they call it. But it's like a, they have the, they also have the same kind of massage chairs. And then they have like fans and heaters and stuff like that, all the kind of like set up with like a VR system, so that way you like go go like on a escape to somewhere, and you're like on a ver- on a VR trip as you're getting a massage. I'm not sure that's really worth it. It seems kind of cool. It might be something to do try. It'd be dumb enough to try out once, um, but I definitely do know that the float pods. Uh, to do the floating is actually worth it for the $69. Um, that's uh, your first visit there, $69, but you're after that, it's $89. But um, I did use the float pods um, in Salt Lake at a place called True Rest, so, uh, True Rest uh, Float or True Rest Spa or something like that. But anyways, it's called True Rest. It's in Provo, Utah. And um, after my car accident, um, they, the lawyer had me go see a uh, chiropractor and then I had to, you know, do massage too to kind of like they do that soft tissue stuff. And then it was recommended for me to go to do the flow pods and uh, that helped like relax the muscles and stuff like that. And uh, it actually did help out tremendously. So if you've never done a, a deprivation tank, uh, there's a lot of benefits to it and I would really recommend it. And that's kind of where I went in, in Colorado and uh, NG uh, float spa is actually really nice and clean. When you walk in there, um, they have like these, I don't know, like three or four, like leather or, or kind of like fake leather chairs there for you to sit in uh, while you wait for your room to be prepped. And it has like this like nice tranquil music being played as you're waiting and stuff. It's just like a really nice relaxing area and uh, it, it does well to pamper you and kind of give you the, the relaxation that you need. All right. All right. So, uh, next week. All right, man. Oh, before you do that, I challenge all of our listeners out there to go do something to pamper yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be mental, emotional, physical, lots of things. Yep. 
All right, sorry. Go ahead. Mm. Next week. So next week, my challenge, I believe, was to come up with uh, which would you rather be confronted by, a werewolf or a vampire? And then if you could choose, how would that look? (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I think really um, I want to go just a little bit deeper, which is what is sexier? Which is sexier, a werewolf or a vampire? So now there's two sides to this, which is very interesting, right? So I want us uh, to to solicit some of our friends or family. Which is sexier, a female werewolf or a female vampire? And then which is sexier, a male werewolf or a male vampire and why? And so therefore, the translation comes into, for us, with the females, uh, at least for me... (laughs) sure for you it would be a female variation which would we want to be confronted by and why how would we want that to look if did you ever see that old uh jim carrey movie first bite uh i think was it jim carrey or was it that was jim carrey in first bite which one was uh, it might be i can't remember it's where the one he has to be like a virgin or something like that yes (laughs) yes and jim carrey had no problem with that until he became super famous But there's that other one too where he's like I forget the name of that of this other one where but he gets like I think it had like um something Beverly in there and uh she's the vampire and the kid's like a high school kid and he's like uh I remember the, the song like my my future's so bright I gotta wear shades. Do you, do you know what movie I'm talking I about? I don't, but I feel like I remember something about my future's so bright I gotta wear shades. And he's like kid. and he goes like to like uh, like real late at night, he goes to like some like uh butcher shop and he has to like order like pig's blood or something like that because he's starting to turn into a vampire. I'm already telling you it's gonna be a female vampire. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't taken a hint so far. Oh, let's face it. There's one of the immediate ironies. Oh, yeah. I want the she-wolf. That's a hard pass. (laughs) Maybe if I have somebody like in Nebraska or something that like that screws sheep or something, I'd be like, yeah, man, check out that dog's ass. (laughs) I I think that's not in Nebraska. I'm praying that's not even in America. Let's make America great again. <laughs> check out uh, check out that Bill Rose ass. Yeah, man. Let's go take that. Yeah. You know what I want to do? <laughs> I suppose if I you're become a sheep man. <laughs> suppose if you're into like bestiality or something Oof. like that. Yeah, then maybe you might go after the werewolf. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna you know, be interesting. You, but I think for females there is a difference where there is a werewolf um uh, <laughs> masculine toxicity. Yeah, it's probably those women that puts peanut butters on their private parts and have their dogs lick it. There you go. Dude, this scotch has slapped you hard. <laughs> Dude, when your mom hears this, I'll be like, sorry, mom. <laughs> no went on Jesse tangent. <laughs> I'm not used to it either. I'm still recovering. Need to go back to the art museum. You know, there, uh, there's a, uh, I used to have a, a nickname for a little while uh, called Ostiff, one step too far. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not sure if I went Ostiff there. I don't know that you did either. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe close. I think I might have been pushing the line. Sometimes you have to think, what would my mom say? <laughs> It's not about Jesus anymore. What would mother say? <laughs> hey, I think I'm usually pretty clean. You are usually. Uh, 
So that's that's that I, piece. I, I tell you, if my mom never watched our show, I probably would be more ostive. <laughs> There you go. And ladies and gentlemen, that's as gentle as it's going to get moving forward. <laughs> so what's our scotch? Oh, the scotch. The lowlands. A bottom. I got friends. Cheers. In the <laughs> experience. Yeah. How, there's got to be some song, right? Maybe we'll do that for the next episode. We're going to come up with some little lyrics. I got friends, friends in lowlands where the scotch is. <laughs> where the scotch runs <laughs> in the... Beer chases the blues away. Yeah. I'll be okay. (laughs) Until the werewolf comes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bothan, single malt, sherry expression. Um, Lowland Scotch is one of the regions we visited uh, less frequently than others. Interested in trying this variety, however. So, that'll be next week. Um, And then, you know, you had mentioned something. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not sure if you have an idea of what you want to do for your next idea or not. Um, but I think for us, uh, for me, I need to give us some notice because what I'm realizing is how soon pa- things are packing up. So either two weeks or four weeks from now, depending on when we can get in one, um, I have my, my smarter challenge for us is to go do an escape room. Oh, okay. I've never done one. Never done one? Nah. They're fun. We should probably get more than just us two. Though. That's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say that could be two weeks from now that could be four weeks from now but just so you guys know that is coming if you have suggestions ideas if you own one uh if you suggest yours if you want us to come visit yours send us some info so we can know where that is um because i again it's going to be my first time and i'm looking forward to having fun i usually think i'm a pretty smart guy this might make me feel a little more humble <laughs> You never know. I might, never know. And I might just totally think, miss it. Sometimes, like around October, they'll have like a uh, Halloween type themed ones too. Supposedly in Vegas, there's this like really cool like Walking Dead one, where zombies are after you and stuff like that. I'm in. All right. Um, <laughs> Anything else we need to say before we say goodbye to the peeps? No, please continue to give us feedback. We can use that feedback. Um, we appreciate the feedback sincerely. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Help us get a little bit further out there. Um, let us know what you do like, what you don't like. If there's some smarter challenges you want to see, tell us that. Um, if you own a business and you want us to come visit, let us know. Um, uh, we're happy to do that. And um, if you want to give us some little, if you want to give us a taste beforehand, let us know this is what you're going to experience. Um, then we can definitely keep that in mind uh, because not everyone wants to be what we necessarily look for in a bar, or a restaurant, a museum, or any number of things. Uh, uh, tank. Uh, deprivation tank facility any of these things so um, let us know if you're interested uh, so we can work together we can have an experience that's part of it for me i know that's part of it for noah and uh, we can celebrate that but also remember to drink responsibly one of the reasons we do this show at home or we always have a driver is because we want to make sure we don't drink and drive so drink responsibly and uh, remember life is great Life is great. Dude, life is great. <laughs> I mean, think about this, right? Uh, well, we can knock a 19-year-old scotch that's great. That means we've tried hundreds, all right? Just so you know. <laughs> so at this point, we've tried at least 81 different scotches, roughly. <laughs> On the show. On the far show. more than that. Yeah, in real life. Uh, and then uh, like almost like 81 different restaurants. Um, 
you know, and a lot of the, like, we think about, like, you know, things that we went out and we have experienced and stuff. So, yeah, life is definitely great. It's great. And, you know, one thing with life is great is that really life is about experiences. It really, truly is. So if you're, if you, if all you're doing is going to work, coming home and going to bed, uh, you might as well just go find a graveyard because really life is about experiences. I, I get like there's responsibilities. We all have responsibilities. We all have debts and stuff like that. We have to pay and, and take care of and people that we are looking out for, but you got to learn to take some time out for yourself and, and uh, gain some new experiences. Cause that's what, that's what makes life great. It is. All right. Um, for me saying goodbye here, once again, please leave comments down below. Uh, for those of you who do watch or listen to us and you do enjoy our podcast, uh, please become a patron member. It, you can do it for as low as $1. It's uh, in the commentary. It's the very first link there. It's the uh, Podbean patrons. Um, I want to give a shout out to the uh, one Uruguay Yur- listener that we got this month here. It's yeah. a soccer player for sure. For sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, to the uh, Japanese listeners, thank you once again for all of you who are listening uh, listening to us there in Japan. Um, and then the other the other biggest one here is the uh, the what those people who listen to us in the in the states here. So thank you to you guys. Chi Town. Uh, yeah, uh, oddly enough, Illinois is a little bit uh, blank this month. That's usually one of our bigger uh, states uh, of listeners. But in any case. Uh, Thank you again, everybody. Hopefully you, you have a wonderful and safe week. We look forward to talking uh, with you again next week. And uh, enjoy your scotch. Scotchman! Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.